Okay, so uh, we're jumping back into John. I'm going to give you a little more background stuff, and then we're going to continue reading in John, which is going to be great. Um, uh, we already talked about the author. We've talked about the purpose. Um, this is, you know, as I said before, this is probably the late 90s or mid-90s with the time of the writing. John is probably somewhere between 75, 85 years old. You know, he was probably a young man in the time of Jesus, but now we're we're talking we're, we're we're talking a good 60 years later so even if he was 15 that would make him 75 um and if he was 20 you know that would make him 80 or 85 25 years old and he's been a disciple more importantly he's been a disciple 50 60 years and um you know i just had a couple of days ago my 38th spiritual birthday and and I, you know, I've learned a ton. I've learned so much. And yet I'm still so hungry to learn more about Jesus and about God and grow spiritually. Uh, I feel like, uh, even for me, the last three or four years have been a growth spurt for me of just learning about Jesus, learning about God. I understand now why Paul would say, I want to know Christ, you know, after all these years. Um, so John, John's a seasoned leader. He's an older man. He's an old guy now. And, uh, and, and as he writes his, his gospel, he writes his letters, he writes, he gets the vision of revelation while he's on Patmos. So what is the focus? What is the, the main themes of the gospel of John? Well, we've talked about it yesterday, but quick review, Jesus' identity, the acknowledgement, you know, understanding and knowing Jesus, the definition of the, of disciples of Jesus. What does it mean to be a definite a, a disciple? Love, love is huge in the gospel, and light and darkness that that battle between light and darkness. Um, but in terms of the disciples and and what is a disciple? I mentioned the other day. You know, we have John eight thirty one, which says to the Jews who believed, Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples." This is very significant. You know that this this is. He's talking to Jews. He's talking to, to people who are following him. He's not talking to people that aren't following him. This is a crowd that's with him. Um, and, and some translations even say to the Jews who believed in him. Um, and, and, and this one, actually, this one does. Oops. I didn't even notice that. Um, the, the NIV says to the Jews who believed in him. He said, but he doesn't say you're my disciples because you believe in me. He says a conditional phrase. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. So therefore, you know, if you got an if, you always got to flip it around and see what is it. A true disciple is what? Somebody who holds to his teachings. He does this again in John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Here's another condition. So take that if, flip it around. If you love one another, then you are what? A true disciple. You are a disciple of Jesus. Obviously, the con- the, the opposite of that is if you don't love each other, you're not really a disciple. So it's, it's he's making a very clear distinction of uh, clarification of what is a disciple. John 15, 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What shows that somebody's a disciple? They're a fruitful person. And of course, that's an age old argument. Which fruit is fruits of the spirit or fruits of helping people become Christians? 
Um, you know, typically when you run into two possible so two possible interpretations, they're both true. Typically, that happens a lot. Um, and and in this case, I would argue the same. Both are true. If one, if somebody's a true disciple, then they are following Jesus. They're filled with the Spirit. They're going to have the fruits of the Spirit: love, joy, patience, kindness, self control. Galatians five twenty two. You can look at the list. Um, but also, if they're following Jesus, if you're imitating, if you're a disciple of Jesus, what's a disciple? A learner, a student, right? An apprentice, uh, or in Star Wars land, and a Padawan, right? If you're an apprentice of Jesus, then you're going to do what he did. And he was out preaching, making disciples. So what are we going to do? The very same thing. And if we're really doing that, then we'll be making disciples. And the disciples will be the proof of our discipleship, that we're doing that. Matthew 28, 18, the last thing he told the apostles is go and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, 18, right? Um, so clearly both are true that if you're a disciple, you will show the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? Self-control, but you will also be making more disciples. If I say I'm a disciple of Lionel Messi, which hopefully you know who he is. He's, he's one of the greatest soccer players ever. He plays for Barcelona or Barcelona and he, uh, is just he's just awesome, awesome, incredible soccer player. If I tell you I'm his disciple, and then you say, "Oh, well, then obviously you play soccer," and oh no, no, I don't play soccer. Then am I really a disciple? Am I really his apprentice? No, I'm not. Okay, the, 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 uh, uh, Jesus said it is enough for a student to become like his teacher, like his mentor, right? And that's what a disciple does; they become like their teacher. So. Jesus basically making making it very clear. And John records that so that we know, so we're not confused. Because, you know, in this world, lots of people call themselves Christians. They're not. They don't know their Bibles. They're not following their Bibles. They're not even trying to live the Christian life. They just, it's it's like a club. For many people, being a Christian is like being part of a club. Or it's what they grew in. It's their tradition, right? Oh, I'm this religion. I'm this culture. So I go to this church and that's what my background is. No, no. Being a disciple of Jesus is a very purposeful, intentional decision and way of life. And these are signs. These are things that show that we are the true disciples, that we live truly as disciples. And I don't mean that that we should take this and look down on people or or we should walk around judging people. That's that's not good. That's That's terrible. But it is important to know what's the real thing. You know, if you go to any store and pay somebody with a $100 bill, what are they going to do? They're going to test it. They're going to get a marker and test it. And they're going to look at it under a light because that light will reveal whether it's a real $100 bill or not. How much more important is your Christian life, your discipleship, than a $100 bill? And that needs to be tested and made sure that it's real. It's the real thing. So... I would imagine that late in the first century when there's groups calling themselves Christians who aren't living godly lives, you know, I mean, we know the Gnostics got into some pretty weird stuff and were doing some pretty weird things and docetism and different heresies where people believe that 
that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do with your body. Therefore, you can go sleep with shrine prostitutes and temple prostitutes and doesn't matter. And they weren't following what is considered orthodox Christianity, doxos orthos, or true religion, true teachings. They weren't following the truth, right? And, and there was one main church, and then there was these little splinter groups that were breaking off, and that's what he was guarding. That's why I think that's one of the biggest, one of the major impetuses behind the Gospel of John even being written was just to make that real clear. Who is Jesus and who are his followers? Making that crystal clear, right? Um, so one of the other characteristics talks about here, and it's mentioned in, in this list of scriptures, is love, right? That's one of the themes of, of John's writings, the importance of love. And particularly, John, you know, Matthew talks about love 15 times, Mark 7, Luke 14 times, John 39 times in the gospel, and 43 times in his letters, for a grand total of 82 times. 82 times he talks about love. So now, I, you know, it's funny because I think about, you know, John's letters, and it just seems like the solution to everything is love one another. Beloved but he called the brothers, beloved, love each other. Beloved, love each other. I think no matter what problem you brought to him, you climbed up that mountain, you know, you landed your ship on the shores of of, of Patmos and you climb up, you pick the big staircase up to the top of the, the mountain and you get to the cave where John is and you explain the problem that you're having and you know what his answer is going to be. Beloved, love each other. You need to go back and love your brothers. You need to go back and love your enemies. You need to go back and love one another. And and that, that I think that and the funny thing is the older I am as a Christian, you know, now 38, the more I I think the same thing. I think you know, the bottom line of all this is loving one another. Do we love each other? And putting love loving others over loving ourselves. You know, loving God and loving one another. That's really what our religion is all about. Jesus said in John 13, 34, by this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's the bottom line. The other theme, speaking of themes, is the light and darkness theme. Um, this is huge in John's writings, right? And, and, you know, if you go to advanced schooling and you, you know, get all, you get a degree in Bible, something they talk about, the 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 you know the the Greek philosophy behind this and thinking and what was the worldview of light and darkness and all that stuff. But I think just to keep it simple is that um, it is a very functioning way to look at things, and it is the truth. There is a battle between light and darkness. We see it. We see it all the time. Turn on the news. You see it. You see the struggle. You see it. You feel it in yourself. The self that wants to do right, but struggles with the self that doesn't want to do right. The, our, our, our fleshly bodies, as Paul would say it in, in the Corinthian letters, our fleshly body wants to do this. The spiritual self wants to do something else, wants to do what's right and what's good. We're in that. You know, there is a term that I would borrow from the, the Muslim religion, it's, it's, it's the jihad. And now jihad is in the news is always a horrible thing. It's terrorists attacking people. But the jihad is a holy war. 
And there's the great jihad, there's the lesser and the greater jihad. The lesser jihad is is the, the battle out there to promote their religion. The greater jihad is the battle in here to obey God. I think that's the real fight between light and darkness. First of all, it happens right here in our hearts. On John 12, 35, says, Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. When we, when he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. He calls them to this light. He calls them out of darkness. He is, you know, John 1, 1, we read, we read it. He is the light of the world. He came in to bring light into the world, which represents understanding, which represents education, which re- represents knowledge and wisdom, awareness, uh, knowing things. This, this is the light. This is what God sheds on us. And then there's darkness, which is literally the absence of light, the, the absence of knowledge, the absence of wisdom, the absence of understanding. And, and you don't know who Jesus is. You don't, you know, people love to say, Oh, I'm agnostic. They have no idea what that means. That means literally no knowledge. You have no knowledge. It's like saying I'm ignorant. It's the same thing. It's basically saying I'm ignorant. And I think though that sometimes even as Christians, we walk around ignorant. Like we don't, we're not aware of the battle raging around us. We think we're all on vacation. We just, we're enjoying our life. And, but the, there is a battle raging around us that we need to be aware of. And, you know, it's, it's not a coincidence that, that at least in the Western world, society is taking God out of everything, Jesus out of everything, all religion out of everything. Meanwhile, all this anxiety and stress and problems in the world are ramping up. The young people are dealing with stress and anxiety. Suicide has become this huge issue in our society. And, and, and it's all happening while we're pulling out God, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible out of everything public and everything social. I think people are being robbed of hope. They need to know Jesus. They need to know the light. They need to know goodness. And this battle is raging. Um, and John 3, 12 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear of their deeds will be exposed. But whoever loves the light, love, lives by the truth, comes into the light, and it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done in the light inside of God. You know, that th- this struggle, it's happening. We feel it. It's all around us. We have to decide to do what is right and to live in the light. What does that mean? Well, that means, practically speaking, if we fall into sin, you need to confess it. If we're tempted, we need to talk about it. Here's a little saying that help you. The more you confess how tempt- what your temptations are, the less sins you'll have to confess because you won't fall in them. You know, just being open, having someone to share your heart with, to make sure you stay in the light and that you don't slip away into the darkness. John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, I love this because 
What is the source of life of Zoe? What is the source of an excellent life? It isn't money. It isn't fame. It isn't material possessions. It isn't have being popular. It isn't any of those things. And those are the things that honestly we think. We think that's what it is. We think that that's what's most important and what really matters. And it doesn't. That's not what counts. That's not what's important. But it's so deceiving, you know. It's like what the uh, the um, the parable of the sower, the deceitfulness of wealth and the worries of this life. They tend to be what consumes us, right? What 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 throws us off in the wrong direction, and and so Jesus is trying to make us aware of this of this struggle. John nine five. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. You know that, and and honestly. I know it sounds like a cliche, focus on Jesus, you know, follow Jesus. It's not a cliche. It's it, it really makes all the difference in the world. Jesus gives me the strength I need. He gives me the path I need. He and, and, and I'm telling you, as somebody who's been doing this 38 years, never, never has Jesus failed me. Never. There's been times that I don't understand what's going on. And that doesn't mean that I never have suffered or I've never gone through hard times. Trust me, I have. But it was always because of sin, the world, problems in the world, or Satan, never because of Jesus. God is good. And he helps me all the time. In John 12, 35, then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. I read that one already. Um, we just have to choose to be that kind of people. We have to know that there's a battle out there. And that's what you know. John is trying to expose us to us. And speaking of battles, of course, John is also the one who, who uh, has the vision and writes revelation, which is, that's what revelation means. It's, it's something revealed. Um, it's, it's a vision that's revealed to him of the final battle of how this all ends. And, you know, this is incredible. In verse of chapter 17, verse 14 of John's revelation, it says, they will, they will wage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And with him will be his, will be his called chosen and faithful followers. Yeah, I love that. He says he's he's going to ride into victory, and those that are with him are going to be his called, that's you and I, his chosen, that's you and I, and his faithful followers, that's you and I. You know, how awesome is that? You know, everybody wants to be part of a winning team, right? Everybody wants to be part of a victory. Well, here it is, the final victory, the final battle, and John got a vision of it. He got a preview it's like getting a postcard from heaven. It's like getting a preview of the of of the final battle. I mean, wouldn't that be great if we were flipping through movie previews and boom, there was a preview of how it, everything in creation ends, and you get to see that those with Jesus win everything. So that's 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 a that's a, that's a little more of the background that I wanted to give on John, but and it's not just for an amassing of knowledge, you know, it's not just that we have a whole bunch of information. This is so that we can understand it because you're going to see these themes as we read through the gospels. You're going to see these themes jump out. Um, so we'll jump into John chapter one, just a little bit 
Uh, we're, we're almost out of time here. Um, well, I'll say this, you know, John chapter one, it is a chiasm. What is that chiasm? There's, there's a lot of techniques in the Bible that we don't notice unless we're paying attention. Um, there's things like Mark does, Mark gospels, Mark, Mark's gospel does things in threes or Matthew has all these five, this five, that because it, parallels the the Pentateuch so does the book of Hebrews um there's there's patterns there's things hidden not like secret they're just in there and if you're not paying attention you won't notice but what will happen is you learn things better um and and they impact you in a better way so a chiasm is one of those it's a writing technique so for example one verses one through five is the identity and the mission of the word Six through eight, the testimony of John the Baptist to the Word. Nine and ten, the incarnation of the world. And then ten and thir- through thirteen, the response to the Word. But then it pulls back out again. Then it reverses. Fourteen, verse fourteen, again the incarnation of the Word. Verse fifteen, the testimony of John the Baptist to the Word. And then sixteen and eighteen, the identity and the mission of the Word. So. This is a pattern. It actually helps us to learn. It helps us to understand uh, what we're reading. And of course, John, like all the New Testament, was written in Greek. I love the Greek of John. It's very simple. It's very clean. It's 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 very uh, easy to understand. So I'm actually out of time. I'm going to stop there. And next class, we'll jump right into, I know we covered one through five, and we'll start with verse six. So obviously there's a lot there. I mean, you can see that, wow, we've been third day on this and we're barely to verse six. Um, just tells you how much, how much gold and jewels and precious things there are in there. It's like a treasure box and, uh, and we get to unpack it. Amen. This is awesome. Uh, please stay safe. Uh, obey the, obey the, the, the authorities and let's, Keep our social distancing and uh, let us know, you know, if, if there's anything that specific you want to pray, please go ahead and feel free to write, ask questions. If you have questions, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe to our web, our web page. Um, I'm putting up here on the board. I'm going to put it up there. Uh, Metrovision.laicc.net. Uh, we need your subscriptions. We're trying to get to a thousand subscriptions. So uh, we can embed it in Google and do stuff on the internet when we reach that thousand. So we're close. We're about, we're over 700. So God bless you. Please stay safe and stay secure and stay spiritual. Goodbye.